0: Hello, Internet. Welcome to another episode of This On That. I'm Mike Soleri. I'm
1: Chad Fogland.
0: And we're here with a crossover episode. Oh, yes. Uh, it's our very first one. We went on a podcast with that these two people
1: who are pretty cool people. They're uh, pretty amazing people. I like.
0: I, I like them, too. And yep. they have a podcast called Cold Read Radio, and aside from you should be listening to it, you can now, if you like our podcast, listen to us do their thing, because it's a crossover. Yeah. You remember sitcoms in the 80s, people visiting another person, and uh, that's what we're doing here. We're we're trying to bring it back. We're
1: trying to bring it back 80s comedy. Uh, Just like when the Jeffersons visited the Archie Bunker.
0: Well, that was the, yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: I mean, what an episode.
0: I mean, you could just imagine the promotions as, well, this should be highly promoted. The two people who are with us, they are Matt Acevedo and Natalie Kerfman, and they are going to talk to us about innocence, and this yeah. is our deepest episode yet.
1: It gets pretty crazy. I
0: mean, get, I mean don't expect to laugh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, expect to feel.
1: Yeah, expect to love. Expect to love. All hey, right. Mike, can I just say something? I know
0: what you're gonna say. I don't want you to say it.
1: No, I'm not gonna say that. It's said enough in the podcast. You'll hear. Okay. You're great,
0: oh, Chad. You're wonderful.
1: All right, let's go. Such so dancing. I know you did. Oh, yeah, that's all and around. it was really <laughs> crazy. Like they had the wax, mu- the wax figure of uh, Swayze. Swayze. Yeah, I saw which that. Which I, I started calling him pla- Plastic Swayze. But um. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, like, Daisy and I took our picture with it and posted it on Instagram. And then one of the actresses that was in the show, like, she plays the sister or whatever. She was super funny in the show, like, because she does, like, a bad singing part in the show or whatever. She liked the picture. And and when I was looking on Instagram, I was like, who the fuck? Who's this Alexis person? So I clicked on it. And then the first picture is her backstage. I was like, holy shit, it's that actress. So I just wrote on her, like, her photo. I was just like, hey, thanks for the like on the picture of me and my girlfriend and Plastic Swayze. Like uh, you, had a, you guys did a great job. So like great pass. And then you, she wrote back. She's so like, so "Oh, i and I love and it. Plastic swazing. Oh, we're all gonna start calling it plastic Swayze now that we're at the pangea." So it's like, "You did it. Yeah, <laughs> I did it. I made friends with somebody. Yeah, the internet worked for friendship.
2: Friendship's always the key to everything. It's like I'm not powerful enough. So I'm, I'm your friend. What did ah! I talk? What did I talk to you about
0: being positive?
2: It's friendship. <laughs> it's just friendship.
1: Friendship. Yeah. Even
2: bad guys have friendships.
1: Yeah, know? they do. That's why they have henchmen. <laughs> yeah,
0: Aww, that's cute. I, I
2: still want to write, uh, like my my play, a musical about a henchman. Oh yeah, and like, like his, I always like, I always wanted
1: to do a, a web series about about oh, henchmen cool. who are basically just they move from boss to boss, and it's just like these two guys are like. Uh where you're going. At? But I think that's been done like a couple times. So done? you
0: have four done. positions in three years. Um yeah. <laughs> you can't <laughs> seem to commit to anything. Tell us,
1: tell us about Dr. Ironclaw. What was it like Ooh. with him? <laughs> well, we lived in a we had to live in this fucking volcano. It was tough. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't think
3: it's been done.
1: Uh, uh yeah, I think there's been a, a few I've a few different kind of plays with it but uh, wow,
2: I think it would be so much fun
0: why not do the better play of it <laughs> oh, I Natalie mean, I, mean, I mean Kim Possible did it but I guess we can make the Kim Possible movie did Kim That's Possible true. do it what like henchmen and shit like that I feel like it did
1: and there's a little bit of a play with uh, what's that um, Venture Brothers oh yeah, yeah. And, uh, damn it but, but you're right Natalie make it better you're right I should do a better version of it thank wait, you for wait, being wait, positive wait. I've
0: heard that before make it better wherever I heard that
1: oh god no, damn it Solari you are we starting the podcast can yeah, I, we can totally before we do. get into this topic can i just admit something to mike should we oh shit yeah let's tell wait him. is
3: this about what okay so the hey farm? So,
1: <laughs> yep <laughs> oh no so uh, so mike you should know that like uh matt
3: wait do you want to do this on air
1: oh yeah no let's do it uh we're doing it we're recording right we now recording yeah, yeah we that's oh, how we start we, we just roll into it so like, oh, okay. so our guests today are uh you know uh matt Avocado. Well, avocado, very see, Avesita. not avocado. Very See, close. see, he screwed up my last name, so I did his. <laughs> but then also uh, Natalie here, and we're, Matt, Natalie, and I, I have a
3: last name too, Kerfman. Kerfman, Kerfman.
1: Sorry, uh, Matt, Natalie, and I are all on the same Nerdist House team, uh, Mulligan. Which uh, come Sundays, come see us.
0: Sundays, Sundays. Next we to are, meltdown comics in, on Sunset Boulevard. Yeah, it's yeah.
1: it's a super. We're it's. I love our team a lot, by the way. I do too. Uh, I really do. It's we're really tight and like super, super we have su- lots of fun. No offense to Dustin who's also on cousin who's on yeah, cousins and other teams. But uh before um, before
0: you continue, if you hear crying, we're not like holding a baby oh, hostage. There's uh, a dog, there's a there's dog so in a the room.
1: There's a dog in the room. Anyway, one of our inside jokes, Mike, is that you whenever we do practices, someone will yell out as a suggestion, sex farm, and then we always we assume that it's we pretend that it's you and you're there <laughs> yelling out sex farm. So you've kind of become our nickname for you, and the group is Sex Farm. Like, well, wait,
0: wait, wait. I've never made that suggestion before. Yeah, you did. Oh, yeah. No, you no,
1: have. No,
3: you shouted it yeah. out.
1: Yeah. Not Sex Farm. Yeah. Yeah, you, yeah, you <laughs> I, said uh, it. I sex
3: made... Farm! <laughs> never. It was, <laughs> can never. we get a place where a bunch of people will meet? <laughs> sex sex Farm!
0: <laughs> no. Oh, no, 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 I said orgy. Um, oh. What? <laughs> no. uh, no. a farm. No. Uh, <laughs> sex no, farm. No, no, no. I've never said sex farm. I do yell out uh, suggestions, I'm, uh, I'll, and I try to make them, like, unique or specific. I remember one time I was in a, a – I always yell out colors sometimes because people never get it. I, I love giving the suggestions purple, but uh, – uh, one time I was, I was in a, an improv class, and people were like, give, give us a, a suggestion. I went, Steve Buscemi, the guy
1: on stage, went, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, sex farm. Anyway, oh, sex, sex farm. You are you are sex farm. Just so you know, Mulligan lo- loves to call you. We sex We do. Man. I think we we all we all mention
2: right. you once, at least once every, every practice, practice. Every practice. every
1: practice at some point. We'll God, now I'm am I'm gonna make a shirt. I'm gonna come to one of your shows. <laughs> <But it's, laughs> just so you know, we do it out of pure. Oh, love. I know. It's I know. love. Yeah, it's love. You know, you know that like deep down, I make fun of you and like, I mean, all the time. But it's because I love you, right? I yeah.
3: mean, any publicity is good publicity. Yeah.
1: yeah. You know what you
2: should do for your next birthday? Is do a roast of Mike Slattery. I'd I really do like don't a, want to do you that. Do it like a spaghetti oh, factory I'd, or something. I I would love to do that, Mike. So well, awesome. If anybody It'd would host gross. a chat, yeah. it would be you. <laughs> it would be great. It would be so fun.
3: We could cook one of your Cuban roasts, Matt.
2: Dude, I do a pig in the ground in like a hot box, you Like
0: where they like rip up the I, we, we used to do them like smoking. Yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah.
2: We did it with like holes and stuff. I do it. I don't
0: wow.
1: I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I do we really want to put Mike in the ground? Hey! Roast, (laughs)
3: guys, guys, guys. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. You're gonna get drunk and just say roast. I know.
0: Oh, I'm not gonna lie. I'm just. (laughs) I think all this attention—it's giving me a semi. I'm not gonna. Yeah. Oh. I'm excited for this podcast. A
3: semi hard on. Yeah, that's
0: what that meant. Oh, see, like if I
3: think like a semi, I'm thinking like, oh, he's got a big Big ass ass. like (laughs) eight wheeler hard on. (laughs) (laughs) Because <laughs> it's like a semi truck. <laughs> <This That's
1: is, laughs> we're getting into a point now where, like, so the topic you guys chose was innocence, right? And yeah. we're getting, as far,
0: yes. we're getting yeah. as far away from it as possible. <laughs> but we're
1: but we're breaching into like like we're t- we're getting far away from it. So, but why did you guys? Uh, why did you want to talk about innocence first of all? Well, it
3: well, was Natalie's idea. Chad was there at our last yeah. practice yeah. and. Um, what was funny is that. This
0: is improv comedy. This isn't like. Pra- yeah. When you say practice, I just want to make it clear. I don't think we clarified that. Oh, yeah. Oh, we're yeah also, it's, not, it's not like a kickball team. Well, we're also
2: an acapella
3: group. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, come on. Come on. Um, but I had played a part where I came out and I'm like, I'm like a real snow bunny. And thinking <laughs> I was like a snow bunny in a ski resort. Well, yeah.
1: The suggestion we got was like a, like a, ski, a mountain a ski resort. A ski a resort. resort, yeah. Okay. Um, so. And
3: then. Uh, it was me and Natalie in the (laughs) scene Matt was on the stage with me and he goes oh um and I'm a skunk. Yes. <laughs> so was like, oh, but like, neither of you know that
0: Snow Bunny is a. Oh, I know she what knew, Snow I Bunny. Is. Oh, okay. I, I,
2: I Ski would,
3: Bunny, Snow Bunny. I know what those. And mixes I started are. the scene
2: off pretty like like a like a very like you know. Yeah, I imagine that man, we were you know? in a
3: lo- like where I pictured us was like we were in a lounge <laughs> with a fireplace going, and, and I'm like, she, oh, this is like a I'm like, like,
2: a Snow spot. Bunny, and she like flipped her hair, and my head goes straight to cartoon land. I thought it was like a rabbit ear, like I'm like. Oh, she's a, bunny. <laughs> she's a bunny. And I was like, I'm a, well, I'm a skunk. Well, we, we
3: talked about it later, and I was like, so what did you think that I meant when he was like, oh, I'm like, do you know what a snow bunny is or a ski bunny? And he's like, no. I'm like, it's a babe that just hangs out at the lodge and <laughs> drinks and meets people. Yeah,
2: flirts around. And, mm-hmm. and as to my, my response to that was, uh, I went, fuck my innocence. Yeah, and
3: so I was like, that would be a fun topic to do, is Matt's innocence.
1: Matt or specifically any- Matt's innocence. Well, I mean, anybody's
3: innocence. I know I have innocence with certain things, but no, yeah. the topic of innocence, innocence super broad.
1: But. Yeah, I well, I mean, when you said innocent, too, like the first thing that came to my mind was the you know, guilty until uh, yes. innocent until I am guilty. not guilty. But, but that's the thing, it's like I've that's why, like, and then when I realized the saying is actually you're innocent or you're innocent until proven guilty, but I feel like the way society is these days, especially. With a lot of things going on, like in our underground scene too, like it does feel a lot like it's become more of a you're guilty until proven innocent, and it's almost like too hard to prove your innocence anymore these days. Yeah, yeah. and it's so true. It's, like
3: it's refreshing when you're like, oh, you didn't know what that right. was. I'm like, wow, all right. There's still some innocence <laughs> out yeah. in the world. And it's and Yay. it's. I think I think
1: it's admire. It, I admire you for being able to keep that much innocence because like oh, man, the way thanks. with with. <laughs>
4: You take, I love you so, so much. So positive. I love you. you so it. Positive. But like
1: <laughs> it, <very> cringing. <laughs> nice, I said, told you. And and, uh, <laughs> and previous in previous podcasts Mike and I have done, we've talked about like internet shaming and like we've we've kind of touched on like
0: making of murder. We talked a lot about yeah. it, the like the legal ease of innocence. Well yeah,
1: I th- we touch a lot about like how like oversaturated the the, the world market. the world is right now with like with the internet and everything and how like keeping your innocence is almost like really hard to do. I mean, we have like kids with cell phones at ages of like eight or nine and like if they're not parented uh, correctly, like the I mean they can go anywhere on the web and find anything and see anything.
0: I'm not telling my daughter the internet exists you, until she's eight.
3: Did you see <laughs> that video about the guy who tricked girls into meeting him and had the parents come with him? No. It was brilliant. What? He was like he was like a twenty five year old guy and he wanted to show how dangerous the um, the the internet is for their children. And, like, these girls would, like, he put a profile picture on of, a, like, a different-looking, like, a younger-looking kid and said that he was 18 or 15, and the girl was, like, 13 or 12. Oh, shit. And he'd, he'd friend them on Facebook. They'd have no mutual friends, and then they'd just start talking, and then he'd be like, oh, hey, let's meet up at the park. And then she, like, he has the whole exterior cameras where he films this girl walking towards him, and she stops for a second because she realizes... That it's not the same guy in the picture, and he goes, Oh, hey, Vanessa. And like she starts to continue walking forward. And like you hear the father, like the father's like waiting behind like a a slide or something, and he's watching this. She's like, He's not she's not gonna go towards him. She's not gonna go towards him. And she walks towards him, and then the father pops out, he's like, Why are you doing this? You're so stupid. And it happens like five times over and over again. A girl shows up to a random person's house. And then the dad's like in that house waiting. <coughs> He's like, she's not gonna answer the door. Uh. Says, oh, man. And then she answers the door like in the mom. There's one with a mom and a and a dad, and they're You're like, making me feel so
1: sad. It's so sad, and like oh, this girl
3: God. like gets into a but van. That's, and that's like, exactly
1: oh, that's God. exactly what I'm talking about. It's like that the world we live in now. The loss of innocence happens so early. Like I. So I'm old, I'm about to turn almost You've forty. You never mentioned yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. So, but I, I and I'll admit this: like I remember being on the playground when I was probably like seven years old, and this was the first time sex kind of came up, like what sex is. And I remember, like, it was just a bunch of like little boys like going, like, "Oh man, yeah, you gotta put the snake in the grass," and like. What? that was that was yeah, seriously like so that's where we're like yeah yeah oh man put the snake in the grass that's what that's how babies are made like that's sex you know that's what sex is and like oh my God. none of us really knew what that meant we just knew that euphemism yeah i never never so, heard that euphemism so basically all we thought all we thought sex was was just laying your penis On top of like (sighs) the girl, like just getting close. That's what sex was, and that's that's basically what we thought for like years and years. We didn't know what it was or know that was some
3: amphibians. That's That's true. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: I would. uh, uh, This is a great point because sex seems to be a a define, a definition thing of between loss of, innocence, of yeah. loss of innocence like you see it in a lot of, of plays and movies that yeah. like this is what the, the plays about a loss of innocence and it has to do with sex or engaging in sex or embracing that world the loss of a virginity uh, the, the loss of a virginity and maybe that's like the symbolism behind it but mm. i definitely remember and i wouldn't consider this my loss of innocence moment but i remember in middle school also that same situation i'm sitting around with a group of people and we're like 12 uh, and they're all just talking about sex stuff. I didn't know what it was, or I didn't know what stuff was, and that's and that's what my my friends taught me about that stuff. And my parents are like, your friends didn't teach you. We taught you that. I'm like, yeah, no, they didn't. My friends taught me all that shit when I was twelve, and I just remember that. And I'm like, so I learned this when I was twelve. But when are they learning this? And why are they learning this? And who's telling them this? And probably some of it's lies, but ultimately some of it wasn't. And those things that weren't, um, I mean, I you look in that and you say, hey. That, it seems like the age also, by the way, gets younger and younger as time goes no, by. No, yeah, definitely. Like, my sister, when she was in the eighth grade, and that was only three years difference, she was like, oh, yeah, there are these two kids that they are having sex all the time. I'm like, how does he get a, a heart on? Like, what the fuck? He, oh, he probably doesn't even have pubes yet. What happened? And uh, and I know, great topic of conversation. But, cool, like, it's just... Nah, no, I know, oh, but it's, good, yeah. it's weird. It's, it's, just, it's weird, and you think, like... What's the extreme of that now that, you're right, everybody has the internet? And that was in a day, that was pre-YouTube that that was happening. And that was, that's like 11-year-olds having sex, and it's like so weird.
3: I think it's because parents are afraid to like have the discussion with their kids, and or they don't give them like the full information. Like I remember my dad, um, like my mom was the one that went to work, and my dad was the one that stayed home and raised me and my sister. And this is like in the 80s, which is kind of weird a stay at home dad, but he was so blunt about it in the very even when we were like seven and he introduced it to us so early that um it was something like he was like this is something to respect and it's something to you know be a little afraid of and i'm not like scared of it but like you know watch out like he i'm gonna say this and it's gonna sound so horrible and some people are gonna be like your dad said that to you (laughs) i want to hear everything I, i remember him like sitting me down and be like listen natalie he's like they're going to be, he's like, you're going to get older and guys are going to want to touch your boobies. They're going to want to like, like do things to you. And that's what it is with the human form. He's like, but you really need to wait until you're older and you understand what's going on in the world to even approach that topic. And he was just like, he was so like, real with me on it. And me and my sister both. And we were just kind of like, I mean, like, I think I've had like a very healthy sex life. And I like respect it. And I don't think I've gone crazy or anything. But it was like, It was a fact of, like, how he, like, he always treated me and my sister like adults, but still let us have a childhood with our innocence, but was able Mm. to be like, oh, by the way, cliff notes, hold on to this for later, (laughs) but I'm just going to give you a warning that this is out there. Enjoy your life, but keep Mm. an eye out. Like, he would always, like, whenever we would do something, we knew that he would be worried about us when he was like, hey, use your head like that's all he had to say. It I think that, my dad that comes that a too. lot
1: from like the baby boomer generation like because pre pre uh, like 60s and stuff like that when uh say well my parents are like they're turning they're in their 60s so when they were growing up like sex education was very was rapidly different because like it's coming out of the it's coming from the 50s and goes into the 60s so like in the 50s it's like uh you know if you watch the wonder years there's an episode oh, where yeah. they find like they they, yeah, they- they get that book, that I think, I forget what the... It's a famous His book. His friend gets it, Yeah, it's yeah. The Joy of Sex or something, yeah. I think. Or no, it's not The Joy of Sex. It's it's something, something else. Something like that. It's, it's that Kinsey novel, whatever, I believe. Oh, it's oh, It's that yeah. book, and they think it's going to be like a porno, and like they are like they take it home, they're getting ready to, like, like can't wait to open it up. They're going to see, like, boobs and shit like that, and they open up, and it's a very scientific novel about, or, you know, study about how sex works and how it, like, affects a woman and how it affects a man and, like... You know the blood flow and everything, and so they're kind of like turn like well, this is boring, and that's I mean I think that's what's happened. What was that's that like kind of there was a shift there where, before like people just didn't talk about it, like and sex happened, like you know in America in like the forties and there's mm. like that happens between a man and a woman, and like no one talks about it, and then you like watch Mad Men or something too, like when people had affairs or whatever, it was also like no no, that's we know it was like everybody, everybody knows everybody knows what's going but on, but nobody talks but no about one it. talks about it and it's not open because we. We're all, like, uh, regressive kind of people. And then the 60s happened, and, like, you know, free love and, like, hippies and, like... And just everyone like a fucking communal. Route. Yeah, and everyone... And so then the baby boomer generation, and they call it the baby boomer generation because then all of a sudden just kids were everywhere. Because, like, people just were... Because everyone was having a lot more sex and yeah. a lot more free with their bodies. And so now the baby boomer generation when their kids get to that age they're a little bit more like okay we need to let's be a little blunt about what sex is yeah because you know like this but, is what's going to happen but to
0: natalie's point people are st- i mean i think it's good
1: as well no I'm no, no yeah. i say
0: it's good too i'm saying people there are still a good faction of people that are afraid uh, to like, cause it's it. There's an awkward situation, and no one wants to be awkward in front of their kids. Yeah. Uh, so like, it's like it's like, is now the right time? Like, when is the right time to really have this conversation? No one. Talk, this was not I wasn't given like a man. It's like the same thing with raising a baby. I'd imagine I'd haven't raised a baby. I don't guys.
2: think I, I've never I never got the talk from my dad. See, and neither I neither
0: did I. But uh, like, there's like uh, it's funny. It reminds me of this. There's a South Park episode where. The, none of the parents want to tell the kids of what sex is, th- because one of the kids starts jerking off the dog, and the, no one wants to say that why that's wrong and why you don't do it. So like, it's the school should handle it, and the school's like, no, well we're not, and it becomes this whole big yeah. thing. Yeah.
3: I think it's because uh, like in the 80s there was that huge movement of like like cautionary stuff with AIDS. sex. It was a, it was.
1: Yeah.
3: Uh, I, don't know, I think it was more of like you know there was like a lot of cases of well, child the, molestation. Well
1: HIV. HIV like, was a part. Kind of, AIDS started coming out, and it started becoming a thing where, like, it was at first, everyone was like, "It's a homosexual disease. This is just what men get." Like, but then you know, like, people were sharing needles and blood and transfusions. Then, and then it became it was like, "No, you can get blood it. brothers." Yeah, lots of stuff.
3: But I think, like, I think there was also like with the Jean Benet Ramsey case. I remember mm-hmm. that the the girl that got kidnapped, a showgirl, like mm-hmm. tiny little princess, um, and I think like there was other things of like. Children coming forward about – and, like, other people coming forward about being, like, touched as kids or whatever by, by like, scout leaders or whatever that whole mess. And so then I feel like our generation that – like, our parents – the parents that are raising the kids now, they're just going rabbit crazy having sex and and sexting each other and the information of technology and everything. Up is Technology like, is a huge part of it. It is a, it's huge, a huge part. part but it. it's, I feel like, uh, you know, if you don't sit down and, like, talk with your kids about it, like... I feel like it's getting well,
2: younger and younger it's now. It's like
3: the mysteriousness is there, and so that's what they want to go into. Of like, well, then, oh. you know <laughs> what else?
1: Raging hormones and the fact that we have, ho- like, we have a lot more hormones in our food and stuff like that. It, it's Young women and and young boys are, like, developing faster than they normally would. And
0: do you remember how
1: dumb you were in freaking middle school?
0: Imagine you now, well, I'm like... I'm still have, dumb. Yeah. But, like, I'm saying, oh, like, man. to run around doing that, like, to make sexual decisions and stuff like that. I mean, people are, but I'm saying... I never...
2: I never... You know, it's... Like, I didn't... Like, I missed the, the the video. I got, like, laryngitis when they were showing, like the miracle <laughs> of life and stuff so i missed all of that oh, man. um and i heard the term wet dream before my friends were like we talking like i heard i've heard of the term wet dream but i didn't know what it was and I, I I had a dream where i was like i gotta go to the bathroom and i went and i peed in the stall and i woke up like oh i peed and i told my friends like guys guys patrick like i had a wet dream dude <laughs> <laughs> and they're he's like what the fuck he's like yeah. what I'm like dude, like, I, I, I peed in my dream and i peed in my bed he's like Dude, that's not a wet dream. That's, just pissing, that's just pissing your pants. Piss. Yeah.
1: It's funny you mentioned that because I had a similar situation where I my uh, my parents never really had the talk with me either. But like I had basically was, and I apologize if my parents listen to this. Like, but they did send me. They just sent me to like a church like group like that met like three times during the course of a month. That kind of was like a sex education through the church, which was not a great idea because really I didn't they didn't explain anything at all. But I remember at one point, like, because it was really boring. I was just like, I don't really understand, because it was a lot about like how God is interpreted with like when sex happens, but it was never like what sex is or any kind of like what what go where goes what and everything. Everything
0: you needed to know about sex without talking about it. Exactly.
1: And at one point, like, they brought up like wet dreams or whatever, and I remember just kind of like not interested in kind of like days, like just kind of going into la la land, like daydreaming more about it, and then. Uh, later on, like they're having a discussion is like, so do you think that wet dream like a wet dream means you think about sex too much? And I was like, wet dream? Uh, that just means you piss the bed. Right. So like, no, that's not a Aww. sex thing. <laughs> and I remember like the pastor going like, we've talked about this, Chad. I'm like, yeah, it's not <laughs> a sex thing at all.
0: Chad I feel like I, Chad I feel like at <laughs> like, I feel like at this yeah. church camp you're the guy at the back in like the leather jacket the punk kid <laughs> <laughs> what a uh, oh, oh, this wet dream Have crap Have you seen
3: pictures of Chad when he was younger? I did he looks okay. like he was
0: he looked like he's primarily just hung out at Blink-182 concerts. No. I've seen the hair.
1: No. Oh yeah, i many different generations. There's different there's different Chads, there's different versions. There's yeah. Chad.
3: Chad, we're with the Chad 4.0. Four, yeah. yeah, we are. Okay. This
2: is the the fourth evolution.
1: <laughs> yes, oh. we're getting there. Yeah. And I'll be honest too, like I, dating and relationships and my innocence, like I was a late bloomer and I still screw up. Like I still screw up. I think stuff
2: uh, up. Oh, yeah. uh, for me, my first kiss was in eighth grade. And, Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. and I didn't lose my virginity Bye. until college. Um, and I think a big part of that, every single person that I've had uh, intimate things with, um, it wasn't like so <laughs> intimate so sweet. things. So <laughs> sweet. Uh, like I kissed or whatever, you know, like. It was always with someone like like special to me. Like I never yeah. I I was I, I was terrible at like hooking up with strangers. Like I didn't understand how I did. It. I think a, uh, and like how people did it. And I had to have some sort of like that's good like thing. I think a, a big for me <laughs> for me what sparked that was uh I, my parents got divorced at a very young age. I was uh what was it, eight or something like that. Do you think and, that's uh, an
0: innocence killer?
2: I think so a little bit, but also at the same time it also led me to like not want to have that happen to me. I I, I didn't want to be like my dad. Um, you know, I didn't want to follow in those footsteps. So for me, like, yeah, it was, it was like a really, really hard time for me. And if I didn't have my sister, I don't know. Like my dad kind of like, we, you know, we had our differences and stuff, but like if I didn't have like my sister and my mom, I don't think I would follow that same path. Um, if I, if I did follow my dad, I'd probably be hooking up with like everyone.
1: So, you know, but basically, so really, I mean, we've talked about a lot about sex, but like the loss of innocence, really, it's, it seems to me it's more about just any time when you're – it's it's that period of – when you're born and you're a child, like, the world is a certain way, right? Like, it's it's like you have your mom, your dad. You have your house. You're not paying bills or anything. You got to go to school. Like, that's probably one of the roughest things. You might have to deal with the bullies. I mean, that's probably more of a thing these days. But, like, at some point, like, depending on – it can be anything but, like, sex, a divorce. There's a paradigm shift. There's, there's a point when reality breaks in and, like, you become – your your view of the world becomes bigger than it is as a child, and that's almost like that feels like that is like kind of a point of a loss of innocence. E- either being somebody telling you the truth about something like sex is a penis going into vagina, your parents get divorced, Santa uh, isn't real, Santa's not real, like a relative dies. Well, a that's grandpa, my next, my does. next
0: question. When did you guys underst- first learn the the concept of death? I want to think if you remember this. Uh,
1: uh, age two. Age two. I yeah. I was uh. That's really pretty young. young. What, what happened? I'm sorry. Uh, to... uh, uh,
3: well, I grew up on a farm, oh. and animals died all the time. Yeah. And I was like, whatever, it's humans. And then my aunt Diane got diagnosed. I might have been like age four. Um, but she got diagnosed with leukemia, and then she was gone in like two weeks.
1: So you, you had a so pretty, gra- pretty good, strong super, grasp of what oh, like, yeah, I life remember, and death is? I
3: remember like the funeral and uh like it was super rainy and stormy and that was traumatic and then everybody was really sad she was like the like she was like the my out of like my mom's seven siblings mm. she was the smack dab middle one and she loved and cared for everybody yeah um and so that was like super traumatic like they lost like the best like they i love my aunts and uncles but i never really got to know my aunt diane but from what i hear is like she was like uh like the best one um and she was the one that was born on an odd year like all the other siblings were born on an even year oh and she was the one that was born on an odd year um but odd like, man out yeah. yeah but like from there like i just remember like through my i'm still afraid of it because like i'll like hyperventilate sometimes at night where i'm like i will die one day i will not be here this is the life i've chosen to live and it's scary and it's terrifying to me but i remember like i would lie in bed at night as a kid and just cry and cry and cry and, like, I remember one night my dad came in, once again, hard advice from from Mr. Greg Kerfman. But uh, he came in he was like, hey, what are you what are you crying about? And I was like, I'm going to die and boo, whatever. He was like, come on out here, sit down, we're going to talk. And I was like, all right. He goes, what are you afraid of, hell? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know about hell and I don't know about anything. And he goes, well, listen, he's like, uh, there's no such thing as hell because we're in hell right now. He's like, I can't imagine a place that is, like, the worst place in the world where people fight. There's disease, famine, death. He's, like, where you can have all these, like, wonderful things and have them taken away from you in an instant. And, like, he's, like, greed and, like, the people. He's, like, we're living in hell, so whatever there is after this will only be better. And so that was, like, something that was super cool to cope with since we were, like, not a religious family but religious. Like, we were Lutheran, but we never went to church and we just, like, celebrated Christmas but never really, like, followed a spiritual path and like my dad and I, that's a different story, but like we came up with our own spiritual yeah. weirdness. But anyways, but like, yeah. He's, he I sounds want. like a
1: progressive and I mean, I like the way he talks about stuff. He's yeah. a, very I want
0: can, can Greg Kerfman write a book called How to Talk to Your Kids by like, Greg Kirtman? No,
3: I mean, his discussions, like we would sit down and have like some of the best discussions. Like I remember like, uh, I think, and this is like really weird. He and I would butt heads like all the time when we were kids. And then one day he was like, he wanted to get to me. He goes, hey, you ever hear what the Holocaust is? <laughs> and I'm like, no, what's that? He's like, millions of people died because of one asshole. People were made into lamps. And you're like, fashion. dad, I'm
0: four. Well,
3: and no, like he's like, he's telling me the whole story of like the Holocaust and like how like, you know, somebody that wasn't open minded or like caring or like, like empathetic to others. And he's like, do you really want to grow up? To ruin a million people's lives and not be empathetic, and like care about other people, I was like, no. And he was like, so don't be an asshole. And I was like, all right, cool. I'm not I gonna want- be an asshole anymore. Like, yeah. I want
0: to bring up an idea. So very recently, I uh, went to the movie theater with my three triplet cousins and my aunt. Uh, they're, they're like little kids, like they're like four. And we all went and saw the Good Dinosaur. And I don't know if anyone's, seen, if you guys yeah, have seen good, it, yeah. but like. Uh, true and form to an animated Disney movie, one of the parents dies, or there's a parent that's dead, or just not there, and so my aunt looks at me, and by, by the way, one of my cousins is bawling her eyes out, like cannot, because of, of happiness by the end of the movie, but she goes, my the my aunt looks at me, she goes, why does the parent always have to die? And I thought about it, I'm like, that's what Disney movies are. They're teaching kids about the concept of death so they can understand it when they need to understand it. It's if you look in like all of them, like like, oh, I understand that Simba's dad died at some point and Bambi's mom, Bambi's mom, and- all of them, like
3: what uh, about oh, yeah, Snow White? Oh. Uh,
0: I mean, <laughs> I mean people, I mean uh, people die and yeah. like, and they they were they're kind of upfront about it. And what's good about it is. It seems like a good talking point, so that way when something happens, it's like, so do you remember in The Lion King when Symbol, his dad just wasn't there anymore? Well, that's what's kind of happening here. And it seems like, I, I think that, like that's a an interesting way that they've been able to bridge this innocence gap. And the reason I'm mentioning it now is because I remember one of the most formative, and this is probably my earth reality shattering innocence breaking moment, was in the eighth grade, when somebody who was very dear to my heart uh, died at a very young age and I was wrecked and my sister who I mentioned is three years younger than me and yes she was sad and she understood the concept of death was not as wrecked as I was so I'm 14 she's 11 so just the concept of understanding that I think that shows like how the like the development of a brain works with innocence
4: mm.
1: I yeah I had I had an early death in my I kind of have the reverse of what Natalie happened with her like my mother's parents they um they're they were much older because they my mother was kind of a, a uh, essentially a mistake like later in their life they had a, they had a son and then they thought that was the only kid they're gonna have and then like ten years later they were in their forties and
4: love child and, and my
1: and my mom my our my grandmother got pregnant with my mother and like so like they're they were much older grandparents than like my dad's parents and so like when i was i had to be around like seven or eight or something my grandfather died and i remember like going to the funeral and see like they had an open casket and it really was just like really weird and like just kind of like it really hit me hard i was like what is i don't really understand what's happening and then they buried him and i remember standing next to the grave and like being like "I i guess i get it like i mean he's dead like i know what death is like i but i've never really experienced it personally and then it's and then I really kind of had a switch in me where I realized well and I wasn't like afraid of death anymore I was just like oh I realized that's happened so now I want to like do everything and so then I became like then I started I got hurt a lot as a kid because I would climb the top of uh, trees and jungle gyms and like run around like like a madman and like just I when we went skiing I would go as fast as I could down the mountain like I just I just became kind of like a daredevil at that point in a way because it was just like I wanted to do as much of life and as I possibly could. Would teachers be like, Mr.
0: Fogland, what do you think you're doing? And you go, Everybody's gonna die someday. Yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Man. No, I was never that like bold about it, but yeah, but I mean, I remember like lying in bed at night and like trying to keep myself awake because I was like, I don't want to sleep because I don't want to waste time. Like, I don't, there's no time for this. Like, and like I would, so many, many nights when I was like a kid, like. I would wake up in the morning, and be like, I don't remember falling asleep because I'd just be laying there, like staying awake, trying to think ah. of some more stuff. So, so
0: death, sex, tra- some uh, a combination of the two to lead to a traumatic yeah, any kind you know. of break in uh, your reality. Uh, you as know, a child. I'm trying to think if there's anything we're leaving out. Like, yeah. I feel like there might be something else, and I'm just not thinking it because it seems like the two logical places to go for loss of innocence, which really this conversation has become. It's not really just innocence on the whole. It's become this well, it's, idea It's of funny love. that,
1: like, the two major things are death and then sex, which is the... Ex- like, height what, of life? Well, yeah, that's, like, the point of when you make life. So it's, like, it's uh, life yeah. and death is, like, really what we're discussing. Yeah.
0: Guys, man, this shit got deep.
3: I know. <laughs> I love it. I love talking about this stuff. Are you kidding me? Yeah.
1: When did you lose your innocence, Matt? Uh, well, you said kind of, like, when your parents got divorced. Oh, yeah, yeah. right. It was yeah. more,
2: but then, you know, like, I, I think, uh, with like, what helped me maintain it, um, was that I, I kind of my mom was she, I love my mom. She, I I like she's done so much for me and she's taught me so much and uh she's always like my mom's like been through divorce, like like she didn't deserve it at all and like she went she went through uh cancer, she beat that and like she's always taught me to like see things on like the
0: brighter side of things. Mm-hmm. So she's in like Rocky Six now, like just keep going on and on and on. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> and like and like her and my sister, like they went through so much crap. I, I see them and she's always telling me like you know, there's so much beauty in this world, and that there's so much to live for. That people like all the bad stuff it just kind of, it just sticks out more because, you know, like there's so much good that happens that we it gets kind of buried by the bad because that just stands out. Mm-hmm. Um And my mom, like, she always like, oh,
3: I know you're shaking right now. It's oh, okay, Oh, no. it's We it. love you. I've never had
2: this conversation. So. Well, that's
3: why it's good to have. It's always good to have these conversations. Ventum. I mean, like.
0: Are we gonna have our first tears on this? On that? No. I, I was about to
3: cry when I was talking about my shit, but yeah. this is like um, I've this is some heavy shit. Time. I know. This is super. Well, heavy. So I want to.
0: What? What's the difference then of being innocent and being naive about stuff? I know. Uh, I think that is. that um, there's a lot. I I know people see see
2: me as like just being innocent and like not. I, there is a lot I don't understand, but it's because I I just don't really care enough to like go after it but i think there's a difference (laughs) there's a difference between being naive though and being uh what was the other thing you said innocent yeah and being innocent because i think uh for me at least there's a lot of stuff that i am aware of i i i listen to people i acknowledge what they have to say but i form my own opinions off of that i respect what they believe and i respect everything that you know that that they present but and i'm gonna listen to them but at the same time like like I acknowledge that, but this is what I believe, and like, but I'm not gonna shove that sound down someone's throat either. Well, that's
1: that's the thing too. When you lose your innocence and the world becomes like kind of a bigger place, and you start to understand things, there really becomes a point where either you get kind of jaded by it, like yeah, you get, you get to the point where like, well, fuck the world, fuck people, I hate all this shit, yeah, or like you start to like it almost. You start to develop your moral compass at that point where you start to realize like. Like, what am I doing that makes me feel bad? What are these people doing that makes them feel bad? Or, you know, what makes what makes me feel good? What makes them feel good? What do I do that makes people feel bad? Like, you start to, like, become aware. Because I know, like, for me, I was... I call myself a late bloomer, but, like, I didn't... I didn't have my first kiss until I was, like, 19. I didn't lose my virginity until, like, I was almost out of college. Like, and then, like... And I never really understood, like, dating or relationships or girls or anything. And I moved out to L.A., and I was doing, I just was, all I was doing was pursuing stand up comedy. And there's a thing that happens when you're on stage, like, and you come off, like, you, you, when you're on stage and you're telling jokes and you get, like, a good response and you come off, uh, off stage, like, later, like, you go have a drink at the bar or whatever, you meet people from the crowd, mm-hmm. and you do kind of get, like, this thing where, like, there's a, there's, like, a bit of a power shift. And I'd never experienced that before where it's like, oh, well, you were just on stage, how confident and, like, secure you are. So I had, like, a lot of women kind of like, being more interested in me and it like I did not could not handle that very well because like I never really dealt with that so I did go through a period where I was like trying to figure out what this all meant and I made a lot of mistakes I'm not proud of myself for it but I I learned a lot from it like I definitely like I slept around a little bit like I had some one night stands I didn't wasn't like I wasn't meaning to do that but I started getting a reputation for it Mm -hmm. Uh, from people and at one point it hit me I was like I don't want this reputation this is not who I am like I because I to me I was just like I'm just trying to find love and I just keep doing what I but I'm realizing that I need to I need to know what more about what I'm doing and stuff like that
0: it seems to me that we're talking about this whole innocence thing and our first instinct is to always look when we were a kid, when we shifted from being a child yeah. to being an adult, but I think we—it's funny that Chad, that uh, Matt had mentioned that we're in the fourth evolution of Chad. It seems like everybody's the blank evolution of of their own self, right? And that you—it's like you cross over into a, a land that now the colors change. Like it's if mm-hmm. you were born and the color is blue, and then something happens, and now the world looks red, and then you're going through something, and then you have another realization: oh, now the world is green. And then at some point, I imagine when you have kids, that changes also. And it's yeah. like these different these different points in your life, the glass shatters, and maybe that's what we're talking about. There's when we almost talk about like innocence. levels of there's innocence. levels of innocence. Yeah. Exactly, and, and
2: it's all built and it's all built on like your history you know
0: yeah. oh my god, god I, I think we got to stop the podcast we're not going to air this we're going to write a book we're going <laughs> to well,
1: but maybe but maybe it's not so much maybe for the the, the term the loss of innocence is wrong maybe it shouldn't be that because it denotes like like maybe this, like, like you're losing like a, like it almost feels like a deletion of yourself right like if the loss so what of about the, the revelation so of self maybe yeah or the expanding or, of
3: knowledge or like yeah. the
1: evolution of one's being or something like something that it, transcendence it sh- yeah it shows that you're progressing it's not you're not losing anything you're gaining more perspective that's, I think or that's something,
2: something that uh, I'm always af- I'm a little afraid of like coming out of college and doing comedy out here and all that stuff it's it's like I know that I'm going to shift into something, but I don't want, like for me, it's like, I'm afraid of it shifting me off like where I want, like I, I don't want to become someone that I, you know, I want to say me, but I know I'm going to change. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like a weird, but I'm like afraid that like, well,
1: definitely the older you get the bigger the world gets right yeah, Like when exactly. you're a kid yeah. it's like little and then you get into school and it's like it becomes bigger Then junior high then high school then college and then when you break out of college and then you're in like the bigger world and you're like holy shit like it's so fucking big. but now yeah. i
0: bring back to you technology because before all that we yeah. didn't have the internet so the world was always what we made of it in the world thing and then you exactly. go out but now the world is massive from the get-go so what happens with do we evolve I mean, I, obviously we do, but do those evolutions? Are there less evolutions oh, now? Oh, that's that's.
2: I that's this is so interesting. Oh my god,
0: Matt's so excited. He,
2: Wait, you so mean sc-
3: like less? Al- I want well, like more specific. Let's say
0: ballpark average through a lifetime. Through say let's say let's live. A, everybody lives a hundred years. Let's say let's say that, that <coughs> for the sake of this conversation, <coughs> and everybody's gonna have eight evolutions in their lifetime, just because of the world and because of what you are gonna be introduced to. And what comes up and what comes next, but now because of knowledge, because you can literally on your phone at a coffee shop, literally scroll and look up anything that like happened in anywhere in the world. The knowledge is is out there. The world is massive from it's the get go. Okay, yeah. So you're saying so, like
3: twenty so saying, years ago, the, the, um, evolution number eight is actually evolution number two of this day and age.
1: Maybe. Yeah, and it's like like, it's basically like stages. Take take a fifteen year old from nineteen fifty two and a fifteen year old from two thousand sixteen, and. You will see a drastic change of like also, how much they understand. I'd argue, about stuff. I'd
0: argue now because like you think like okay, so maybe it's when I see somebody die. Maybe it's when I lost my virginity. Maybe it's when I got married. Maybe it's when I had kids. Maybe it's when I'm close to death. And maybe, maybe we have five little, maybe, and maybe, maybe one for a grab bag. So we have like six <laughs> evolutions bits. Uh, I'm just saying, I'm just throwing out like yeah, t- no, no. typical stuff. And but I'm saying maybe there were more moments of realization at points where we were really more focused in on the world and what our surroundings as opposed to we now are aware of everybody else's surroundings. We're aware of the world where the internet gives us this wide world, that web, that we're uh, looking at.
3: I do agree with that. I feel like it's, um. I don't want to say, I don't want to label it an evolution. Like we have a bigger evolution now because in all things there must be balance. And so I Mm -hmm. do feel like, Say that 15-year-old in 1952 and the 15-year-old here now. 15-year-old here now knows more about the world and what's going on in the world because of all the mass information. However, the 15-year-old in 1952 probably has a lot better social skills.
0: Yeah. Well, maybe percent. A hundred percent.
3: And so, like, it's like the the evolution of mass knowledge has now, like, skyrocketed up. But then those social skills, you know, of, on the average, I'm not saying, like, there can be someone that's extremely sociable and very knowledgeable. But like on average, like those social skills, since people are less interacting with each other or knowing how to be in certain circumstances, there's more socially awkward people. Well, yeah, like that's ex- yeah, exactly absolutely. what it is. It's like, and like it's it's pulling back. Yeah, like that's forward. We
1: like, and I would I would say like yeah, the kid from 1952, maybe. So, but he's also going to be his, is going to be a little stunted when it comes to like when he gets married and stuff like that because sex is not going to be as explored. But that that's not to say that the kid from night from 2016 is better i mean like i would almost think there, like you said there definitely needs to be a balance like there needs to be a balance between like how much like how much we can take in and interpret because i think that it's the knowledge thing is that's a it's a key word here because i think um at 15 i was not emotionally ready to understand like you know the concept of sex aids like everything i mean i i I could probably understand it, but I I wasn't, I wasn't emotionally ready to like have sex and like be at that point like where I'm like and know how relationships and how it affects other people to be like having sex with women or whatever.
2: It's, it's it's interesting because it's it's also not just like that. All of that. It's also a changes uh, when you think uh, like culturally and internationally. Uh-huh. Like, like yeah. in uh in uh in Europe, they're way more open about. Sex. No, like they definitely. They're are very. Ha- they've had an understanding since they were young. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you go to Japan, Alcohol they under- as well. In Japan, and- like they death is a part of their culture. Like yeah. like they like they like acknowledge death as like a, a thing. They're you know they're not as taken back as we are here. It's just interesting to see how not only does it affect us as Americans, like like internationally and worldwide, it changes per culture.
1: I think it's definitely important to be, to have the knowledge out there. I think it's important, but I think to go hand in hand to keep the balance, you need to to also be able to like put it in the light of understanding what it, how important these things are. Like a 15 year old can't just go on, like going to the web to just watch porn all day is not going to teach you you know how uh, how to is, keep right. a re- relationship going and how to be like with with somebody or and or even how yeah. to talk to somebody yeah, like yeah. It, that's just teaching you one thing so you it, it needs that's why I think uh movies and television kind of play a role here like they they tell us they it's Society. good it's good that like they are around and that they are keeping current with what's going on so that we can be influenced by these things a little ways. I so.
3: will say they fucked up my relationships, though. Well, that's,
1: no, it's romantic uh, comedy. romantic <laughs> <comedies> <laughs> watching when, when, when Harry, no, did, when Harry Met
3: Sally like, killed
0: all of us, didn't it? I mean, those romantic
3: <laughs> comedies, they fuck with you. Like After a while, you're just like, w- w- what are we now? And I'm just like, wait a second. Why yeah. am I even saying this? I'm, I'm like, we're thing. not even 15 minutes into like, I'm like, it's not 15 minutes into the movie where they have to establish a relationship and then, 20 minutes later, living in the relationship, and then 10 minutes later, something happens, and that's 15 minutes before I watch it and I catch it every time. 15 minutes before any romantic comedy is over, there is a big, huge disaster within the relationship. Yep. They separate it seven minutes into where it's close, they get back together, and then they recreate the world that they just had. Sid
1: well, Field, you did us is good. It's
3: timed out <laughs> to no, no. the minute! I agree it's with you. Weird. I agree with
1: you because I used to, I had like when I was having problems with. Like, dating and stuff like that, <laughs> I literally thought to myself, wait a second, what the fuck's gone? And I thought about it. And I dwelled on it, and I thought about it, I thought about it. And I realized that, like, I'll, I've been watching so many movies and entertainment, there's a part of me that thinks that, like, if I do have, like, a fight with a girlfriend and we break up... That's it. I or... can make a romantic gesture, and then we'll get it back. Oh, I do. Or... I- or we get to a point in a relationship where, like, like, hey, I did it. I wooed her. Like, we're in a relationship. We're all together now. And that's yeah. when the movie ends. And then I'm like, I don't know what to do next. Like, I don't know how to it, keep yeah. this relationship I mean, like, going. That
0: definitely screwed me up in, like, the middle. Like, my brain was always like, this is how you do it. And yeah. it's like, oh, that is not how you do it. No girl ever fell for any of my uh, quips or
1: gestures or. No,
2: not at all. It, it, it friend zones <laughs> you, man. Well, then it, I, I, I take it
1: back to say like it's I think it's important that – all I'm saying is, like, you were right, Natalie, that, that there needs to be a balance between the, the knowledge but the and the understanding of what knowledge you're getting. So it's not just, like, oversaturation of one thing. If you're pushing too much – like, and social skills, too. You're right. Like, kids these days are on their phones all the time. It's like have some kind of – I read an article about parenting, and I've been reading a lot more about them because my sister has a three-year-old daughter and is having another baby, and, like – so oh, there's a lot of like kids Your running uncle. around, and you're thinking,
0: Hi, and you're thinking Chad. of getting a dog. Uncle so.
1: Chad. well, oh,
0: yeah. Uncle Chad.
1: <laughs> I just to the movies. but like this article was saying how parent certain parenting parents are just like letting their kids have cell phones early and earlier on, and then just letting them not taking them away at night. And what they need to do, what this guy was saying was like it's important that you that the child. It's it's good that they have a cell phone, but it's also good to make sure that that child's not up at three a.m. still online. Yeah. With because they because kids do that because it's like they're it's there.
3: Why not? I, there. Mean, like, why I remember not? reading books up late, being like, "Oh shit, my parents are gonna get yeah. me." When uh,
1: <laughs> when did you guys get a cell phone? <laughs> oh, Thirteen. I didn't get a cell phone until I fucking moved to L.A. in two thousand one. Wow. Uh, okay. I got my
2: first. Uh, I got flip flown. Um, I think it was. I think eighth grade.
1: Did it have snake on it? I, I did had, have <laughs> snake on
0: it. Oh, I, I, I was totally a snake snake. <laughs> so dude. uh. I uh, killed for snake. For <laughs> I got mine when I was fourteen, I think, fourteen. Yeah, and I remember it was the it was a AT and T phone. They were like, it's got iTunes on it. It can hold a hundred songs. They were like, putting it out there as like, this is, oh amazing, this is an amazing. This is an amazing technological achievement. I know. I'm Dude.
3: like, I got mine was a Sprint. It was this like silver flip phone. My mom gave it to me because. I'd go like out and about, and she's well, like, Mike, "I you, trust you." You Just and call Matt me. are
1: like cl- are all, Matt, all Matt, three of you are pretty close in age, oh, aren't you? Guys? No, she's
3: she's I'm closer
1: old. to you than you. Yeah, you do not look it. And Matt's Can younger than that? me. I yeah, you're 25? Yeah. <laughs> twenty-three. I know. Oh, you know? I, I, know, I, I,
2: know days. Days. I know. I know everybody's. I know the age of everybody
1: here. Oh well, I mean, we don't need to name, but I'm I I I really I'm shocked that. I thought you were, like, in your 20s, Natalie. Oh, no, man. I really did.
0: It's because Natalie has the energy of, like, a... I don't know like uh, I am an it, Australian it, shepherd. Yeah. I know. <laughs> 18, no, like, that's she, my dog. No. Well, no, she, you do. Okay. If you if you you have the energy of like a puppy that's literally bouncing off the walls like Yeah.
3: That's how I choose to live my life because I'm afraid of fucking death. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I choose to be like super happy and uh, I don't I try not to let the little things bother me. People that are assholes to people, that for some reason I can never get over that. Like just like, "Oh, don't we only have one life to live, and why are they being why are they being cocksuckers right now? It really pisses me off. Yeah, but, I, I, it's like
2: yeah. why why be mean to people, man? Yeah,
3: it drives me nuts. You I get, hate it. Gain, I see it all the time. You, it's like
2: those revenge movies, where it's like, ah, uh, uh, they killed my I don't know why. It's like, no, it's no, like, no, go, go, just roll with it, go with it. Get I, angry. They, no, they killed my father. I I must get revenge. But then when they get their revenge, that was Liam, the Liam Neeson, guy. right? Uh, yeah, that was Liam. <laughs> well, Mason, you know right. what they? Uh, it's they, like there's there's still empty. There's nothing. It's like
1: that's that's like that quote. It's like if. If you're seeking revenge, you better build or dig two graves because it's like, yeah, it's, yeah.
2: you got you to learn to like, I I, I know from like for me, like I, I don't let things bother me because I'm like, I don't
1: I don't care. And that's the best. You sh- yeah stay that way. Oh, all right. Because when you get to your fourth generation, like I'm getting like yeah. it, it can get pretty hard. Like, yeah, there are things recently that I mean, you guys, we were actually we something happened where well, we were all there recently, and it was really kind of like disheartening when like you want like I'm getting to a point now, and where I'm society's shifting and everything, and I'm really happy about the way things are going with the world in certain certain respects. But there, in the field, in the underground field that we're in, that there, there's also a little bit of a shift, and it's like it's kind of hard because there's a part of me that goes like I understand where all, a lot of these people are coming from, and like I. I, I want to, like, participate and, like, be on their side and everything. But then there's also, like, it's almost like you can't, I can't really talk about a lot of stuff. I feel like a lot of times in the world, and we am getting real off topic, is, like, it's not so much what you say, it's that people hear. It's they look at you first, and then, and they judge who it's, where it's coming from before they listen to what it's you're saying. It's that first 15 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Like, And judgment. I wish that that didn't happen. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it you know it's like, I, I was telling you guys I I didn't want to say anything uh, then because I I just like I said like people are gonna have their opinions like and I I'm not that I don't agree with all of them but I feel like sometimes like you just they just gotta like let them do what to yeah. do what they're just do. just to
1: clarify real quick because we're wrapping it up here the, there was a moment where um a lot of us were at a thing and like there was uh and someone was giving their opinion on something and i realized looking back in hindsight like i was trying to have an open discussion and like give With my opinion With a closed-minded person oh, yeah, yeah i was yeah, and exactly. and i should have just kept my mouth shut and this is what i'm this is the this is where i have a problem or this is why it's distressing to me is because like i'm an intellectual person i'd like to like voice my opinion and, and i think that's important but sometimes you sometimes you just need to not talk like i think it's awareness
2: just, like i think like a big part of of growing up nowadays too is uh, is like being open minded, but being aware of like yeah. who you're dealing with. Yeah. yeah, and that's, you know? that's that's that's
1: part of the innocence. That's part of the that's that's my new level of understanding. My new perspective. Oh I'm my learning. god,
3: five just came out. <laughs> no <laughs> I'm shit. So of what? Of shit. What? Shit of what? Of Chad. Oh, Chad.
0: Oh. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, I want to because because we're because like I said, ch- uh, like Chad said, we're wrapping it up. Uh all this like we've talked about death a bit and uh it seems like like people being afraid of death. I want to leave you with this quote because you guys are the cold read people so I want to read something that it's just this is just reminding me of it. It's from Midnight in Paris and it's spoken by Ernest Hemingway <sighs> oh. and it's and the quote is I believe that love is tr- that is true and real creates a respite from death. All cowardice comes from not loving or not loving well, which is the same thing. And when the man who is brave and looks death truly square in the face, like some rhino hunters I know, or Belmonte who is truly brave, it is because they love with sufficient passion to push jet death out of their minds until it returns as it does to all men and women. I added that part. And then you must make really good love again. Think about that. And that was, and that's the end of the quote. And I just thought oh. that that was a good yeah. thing to leave it, leave the listeners with. Nice, that's a great quote. Um, yeah. And other things we can leave the listeners with is something we do. Suggest this. Uh, well, you guys are no uh, strangers to the improv game. Everything starts with a suggestion, and like this, we're going to suggest to life. So if you have any uh, part um, wisdom to impart, any. Recommendations of anything could TV, be TV, movie, movies, music, books. anything that you want to recommend to anybody. Uh, it could be another podcast, it could be anything.
3: I have a quote myself that I'm oh. gonna suggest and it's from Mr. Kerfman, Mr. Greg Kerfman. I, I love Kurfman. this guy. And this is uh, this is something that I think helped me throughout my entire life. And uh, if you are open minded to it, it's just gonna help you. And it's this kid, you won't know shit till you're twenty five, and even then you won't have a good idea.
0: Nice. Well, I'm nice. 25, and I have no idea, so... Uh.
1: If we're all if we're doing quotes, I'll do a quote from my great-aunt Esther, who was actually my great-great-grandmother, but I never knew. Whoa! Uh, uh, so, like, she lived to be 108 years old, was born in uh, 1901. Uh, saw, she was an amazing woman. Uh, she had a boarding house at one point in the town where she grew up, because it was a railroad town, and there, were, uh, there was a brothel, and a lot of the women were kind of getting roughed up. And so she ended up kind of taking them all in and like kind of helping them get back on their feet and stuff like that. She's an amazing woman. That's just one of the millions of stories she is. She was a wonderful woman. I knew her as a kid. She was reading all the time, had energy way up until she like was in her hundreds. But when she, before she uh, passed away, like they made a video about her life and she said, Is there anything you would ever, anything you want to ever, advice you'd like to give anyone living? And she said, uh, No matter what happens, if you get a black eye, you just stand up straight, walk down that street and tell them all to go to hell. Uh-huh. I love
3: she it. And and
0: then she took a swig of whiskey yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> But she she's a wonderful lady and I I wish I wish she's amazing.
2: I guess like a really brief brief story with a quote. Okay. okay. Really Do brief. it. Um, I'm first generation uh I don't know if you guys knew that. I'm first. Is that first generation? First generation yeah, American. First not generation. Right, right. Yeah, I'm first generation American. Okay. So my my dad's side of the family, he he, he came from Cuba and he was like ten, mm-hmm. uh, and they came with nothing. Uh, they literally left before Castro took full reign, uh, and and like uh, they went, were, they were stuck in Miami for two weeks. Had to get like they, they had thirty dollars with them, and then they moved over to California. Don't know how they got to California, but they got to California. They uh, made it happen. And basically, like my dad made a promise to my grand my grandpa that you know like. Like, uh, I, I love my dad. I know he, he's made a lot of mistakes, but he's human. Um, but he made a promise to my grandpa um, that, like, you know, I'm going to be, like, the captain of the California Highway Patrol because he wanted to join, like, the police, the uh, CHP. To, like, Chips. Yeah, exactly, to give back to the country for, like, letting them in, to mm-hmm. um, taking them in and giving them a home. Uh, and so now, like, he, he, he went past that. He, he was like, eventually chief of, of the California Highway Patrol. Now he's the chief of, like, the Austin Police Department. Um, and he's always taught me that, like, don't let anyone, like, Tell you can't do something, uh, and to always just think outside the box. And if you really want something, you can do it as long as you just keep trying. If you fail, mm-hmm. then try something else. So.
1: Yeah, that's the most important thing in life. I think is, if you fall off the horse, just keep getting on. Yeah, exactly. Like it's the people who don't, that.
2: Yeah, my 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 I, I, my dad has proven that to behind. me. So. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Like my dad showed me that, so I I, I hold that very true
0: um i guess i mean i didn't intend for that midnight in paris thing to be my <laughs> suggestion but i guess it now kind of is because everyone else did like quotes and stuff the one thing I, I was gonna bring and i i thought is do you guys ever do you guys know the song where did you sleep last night it's also sometimes called in the pines it's a traditional folk
2: song. Yeah, it's a very oh, Dustin knows. Dustin Dustin knows it's a very, everything. so, yeah.
0: so uh, really know It's a traditional everything. folk song. It's like one of those <coughs> things no one really knows wh- who it is, but everybody does versions of it. And one of my favorite websites is this website called Cover Me Songs. Cover Me It's like a blog that like finds like all these like. Cover obscure covers or just really good covers that could be live that could be recorded and all this stuff, and they do a lot of stuff that like five good covers of this song, or like it's somebody's birthday, so here's a bunch of covers of songs by them or the uh, of their songs and they just wrote an article on that song in the Pines, which was one of my favorite songs, and they're like well here here's where the the song like like comes apart there's two real versions of it and there's five different versions and they're all like great in their own ways and the nirvana one is great and it's such as like a it's a harsh song but it's like it's real uh, it's just it's a great song i suggest everyone listen to in the pines but also i'll put a link in the show notes to the cover me songs Sure. Uh, nice. link to there perfect nice. all cool. right. uh, so that was great you guys are awesome you guys uh, yeah. thank you for coming yeah. on thanks for having and us and if Matt. you uh, for all the listeners who really liked Natalie and uh, your name's Mark Matt uh, no, I, I, I believe it's, it's Matt it's Matt oh so Matt <laughs> uh, you're you're uh, we did it. We did an episode on their show. Yeah. So yeah, uh, we don't know when Cold that's going to air, Radio. do we? Do we? Yeah. No. It's, I would say in, in the, the next future. two weeks. <laughs> in the in the
1: future. Well, regardless, so. go check out Cold oh, okay. Read Radio because so it's a great because this is a
0: nice crossover episode. It's kind of like that CSI episode that mixed with uh, Two and a Half Men. I'd say. Oh, um, like and sure. or like all the other shows in the 80s. That I, like to, I like to
1: think of it as when uh, Angela Lansbury for Murder, She Wrote, went to Hawaii and helped the Magnum P.I. solve a case.
0: That's better. I like that better. <laughs> Which is true. So who's Angela Lansbury and who's Magnum? I think it's obvious sex farm. <laughs> <laughs> That's not my nickname. <laughs> oh, it is now. It is. <laughs> yeah,
2: it is. <laughs>
1: Uh, but yeah, thank you guys for being on the podcast. Yeah. Thank you yeah. so much. Uh, where can we find you online, like your Twitter handles and all that stuff? Please uh, drop could, us all the plugs.
2: You can find my stuff um, just for every platform uh, at Shy Guy Express. Mm-hmm. It was a it was a, a band name I wanted to do in high school, so Aww. I'm sticking with it. It's adorable.
0: At Shy Guy Express on every platform. We all have our own band names that we hold on to that we're one day <laughs> going to do. I have
1: I have one. Yeah, mine's Jake and the Fat Man.
3: <laughs> uh, um, my twitter is nrosec, c and my instagram is mudget m-u-d-g-e-t and and
2: you can find cold radio
3: yeah cold radio on facebook.com and also at cold radio for twitter mm-hmm. and, and instagram, instagram.
1: And, and itunes and itunes, and iTunes yeah. yeah
3: we're on itunes
1: yeah well uh, as always mike you're at Mike Solari Oh, Twitter. Oh, right, right. <laughs> Try to set you up. Guys, oh guys,
0: uh, guys. Oh, I, I wasn't ever good at ball- basketball. You threw the alley-oop up. Yeah. But I just stared at it. I didn't jump for it. But uh, uh, I am, as always, Mike Solari. I am at M. Solari.
1: I'm Chad Foglin at Chad Foglin. Please tweet at Mike. Hashtag Sex Farm. Please don't. <laughs> 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 good night.